O Lord, we beg of you now that you would help us by your Holy Spirit to hold fast to your statutes. And do not let us be put to shame, but instead, Lord, we pray that we'd give you glory and honour by the way that we keep your ways. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we continue our series in the book of Philippians, and we've been learning in Philippians about the unity that we should have as God's people. And towards the end of the letter, of course, the Apostle Paul starts to give different commands, different instructions as to how the people of God are to live. Uh, We've seen in verse 4 of chapter 4 that we're to rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, We also saw in verse 5 that we're meant to let our gentleness be evident to all. And this morning we continue our series in the book of Philippians by looking at these verses that are very well known to many Christians, uh, verses 6 and 7, where we are instructed not to be anxious, not to be anxious. What does it mean to have anxiety, to be worried? Well, I think the Apostle Paul here is not talking about the normal concerns and stress that leads to normal action. Uh, We, of course, need stress, we need some uh, worry, some concern in our lives so that we will act, that we will do the normal day-to-day actions that are before us, that we're supposed to be completing. What he's speaking about here is the anxiety that takes over mind and heart. Uh, The Greek word here is actually used, of course, outside uh, the the New Testament. Greek is what the scriptures was written in. It wasn't invented, of course, uh, by the Christians. Uh, It's used outside the Bible uh, to describe the anxiety that disturbs sleep. You know that time when you're trying to sleep and instead you're anxious about things, where you're imagining different possibilities, what might happen, what might not happen, what you might say, what you might not say, what you might do, what you might not do, your mind starts to go over and over all the different possibilities of things that could or could not happen in your life. This is the anxiety that the Apostle Paul is speaking about. Now, what causes such anxiety? Well, uh, the Greek word used for anxiety here in this text, in uh, verse 6 there, do not be anxious about anything. It's used in the Bible to describe the concerns of physical life, the physical concerns that we have. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, the, Apostle, uh, the Lord Jesus uses it in reference to what we will eat, what we will wear, to our lifespan, being anxious about how long we will live. And he even speaks to Martha, that famous incident of Mary and Martha, and he speaks about how she is anxious about hospitality. When people are coming, she's bustling around and she's really anxious about providing food and potentially accommodation for all these people who have shown up on her doorstep. What else causes anxiety? Not just our physical concerns, but also our spiritual concerns. Like what? Well, sin and the punishment that we deserve for sin. We can become very anxious about it. In the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 38, verse 18, the Greek translation of the Hebrew there uses this word that's used here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, when the psalmist says, I am troubled, or you could translate that as, I am anxious by my sin. So we we see this in our lives, that we are anxious about the sin that we have committed and the punishment that we deserve for that sin. And it's not just the sin that we have committed, but we can also be concerned about the future sin that we may commit. We know that we are to do good, We can be worried that we will not do good. Instead, we will do what is wrong. And the Lord Jesus speaks about this, even uses this word here in reference to public speaking. He speaks to his disciples and says, don't be anxious about what you will say when you're brought before rulers and authorities. This is something that does cause a lot of anxiety for people, is public speaking. And whether they'll say what is right, 
Well, they'll say what is wrong. And so people can lie awake all night if they know that they have to speak before someone the next day, particularly someone in a position of great power or before a large group of people. They can be overly anxious about it. And it's not just the cause of anxiety about physical problems and spiritual problems within our own lives. We can actually be concerned and anxious about the concerns of others. And we have no control over them. We can't do anything, but we can lie awake in bed at night worrying about somebody else's physical problems or spiritual problems as well. Why would the Apostle Paul tell us not to worry, not to be anxious in these situations? Why is anxiety not a good thing? Well, it makes us useless. It makes us useless. Why? Well, it wears us out physically. It wears us out physically. I mean, if you lie awake all night and don't get the sleep that you need, you're not going to be fit for much the next day. And if it goes on night after night, it's going to get worse and worse, and your actual physical health can deteriorate simply because of anxiety and the ramifications of it upon your physical health. And, of course, it wears us out spiritually. If you are anxious about something... You're sinning here. It says, do not be anxious. It's a command. If you are overly anxious about something, if you're perpetually worried about something, it is sin. And it leads to other sin then. What was the command that was given in verse 4? Rejoice in the Lord always. If you are anxious, are you able to rejoice? It's very, very difficult. And so you start to sin in that way, that you're not rejoicing when you should be. It has a knock-on effect to many other sins. And, of course, if you're tired physically, then, of course, uh, you tend not to uh, do what you should in terms of the fruit of the Spirit, of being loving and gentle and kind and patient with those around you. If you've been awake all night worrying about something, it's very easy to be a grumpy person the next day. And so it leads to further sin. So how can we not be anxious? How can we not be anxious? How can we overcome the anxiety that plagues our lives because of physical problems and because of spiritual problems? Does the Apostle Paul give us something to do or does he just say, don't worry, be happy? No, he doesn't say, don't worry, be happy. What does he say? Look with me at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What are we supposed to do when we're anxious? We're supposed to go to God in prayer. What is prayer? Well, it's speaking to God and asking for his help. We see that in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That's what prayer is, presenting your request to God, petitioning God. Along with something else, what did it say there in verse 6? With thanksgiving. That's what we do to God as well in prayer. We thank him for the good things that he has done for us, for the help he has shown us. And what will prayer do for the anxious person? Well, God promises to give them peace. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's as simple as that, the Apostle Paul says. Don't be anxious, go to God in prayer, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, if it's that easy, why don't anxious people pray? It's because they don't understand that prayer equals peace. They don't fully comprehend in the mind that prayer equals peace. The world scoffs at prayer. 
Think of prayer meetings. The world scoffs at them. The world would not be caught dead at a prayer meeting. And sadly, Christians often show a similar attitude by their absence from prayer meetings. If I want to empty a room, pretty much all I have to do is say, in 10 minutes' time, we're going to have a prayer meeting. Now, if you need to go, okay, I won't hold you at the door. But we're going to have a prayer meeting in 10 minutes. I'll give you 10 minutes, and then we'll have the prayer meeting. A room will empty very rapidly. Non-Christians will fight to get out the door. And Christians, sadly, many Christians won't be interested in staying for a prayer meeting. Why? Because we don't understand in our minds that prayer equals peace. It defies human logic. And even the scriptures tell us this. What does it say in verse 7? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It just does not make sense. That peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Now, why don't we think that peace comes through prayer? Why don't we believe it? Why don't we see this in our lives? Well, it's because we're addicted to achieving peace through our action. We're addicted to achieving peace through our action. If there are problems that are giving us anxiety, what do our brains tell us to do? Get busy, think about it, all the different ways that you may be able to sort the problem out. And if you can't think of a way, you've just got to think harder and you've got to get busy and you've got to sort it out by your own actions. And if you can't do it, well, then what do you do? You get somebody else, some other human being, to sort out your problem for you as well. Whether it be friends, whether it be family, whether it be neighbours, whether it be the government. Any problem in my life has got to be the government's fault. And I've got to get the government, I've got to lobby them to sort out my problem that is giving me anxiety at night. What does prayer seem like? It seems like a waste of time. A waste of time. Our minds tell us again and again that if we've got so many needs in our life, we don't have time to pray. We're too anxious to pray. We need to sort things out ourselves. But how could prayer give us peace? How could prayer get rid of the anxiety that we feel? Well, God may act and solve the problem that is giving us anxiety. The Lord Jesus teaches us this in Matthew chapter 6, in that Sermon on the Mount. Turn with me now to page 960, Matthew chapter 6. The Lord Jesus teaches us that the Lord solves our problems of worry by providing for us, by taking away the problems that we often are worried about. Page 960 of the Church Bibles, verse 25, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, the Lord Jesus is preaching in the Sermon on the Mount and he says in verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry. Do not be anxious. Same Greek word that we see in Philippians. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. How can we have peace through prayer? How can the anxiety be taken away? Well, it's by God taking care of the problems in our lives. The problems that we are so anxious about and so eager to solve ourselves, he takes them away by his sovereign hand. And the Apostle Paul teaches us that it's not just about food and clothing, these things of daily necessity, but it's all problems. What does he teach us? He teaches us that God can do more than all we ask or imagine in Ephesians. He teaches us that, that God can do more than all we ask or imagine. Whatever problem we face, he can do more than all we ask or imagine in solving that problem. He can change someone's mind who is so hostile to you to being your best friend. He can do it. He can do more than all we ask or imagine. And so, of course, then peace will come to our hearts through prayer because he solves the problem for us. But there's another way that we can have peace. How else does prayer get rid of anxiety? By giving peace even without problems being resolved. We can still have peace even if the problems aren't resolved if we go to God in prayer. And this is where I think that this verse really is speaking the truth that we can testify to, even in our own experience, of the way that this peace transcends all understanding. That we can have a peace even if the problem is still there. Why? Because we prayed about it. We pray about it and we still have the problem but are actually cheerful. And the world thinks we're daft. They say, you've got this problem in your life and you are actually okay about it. You're cheerful. You aren't anxious where everybody else in the world who has that kind of problem is struggling with anxiety, but you don't seem to struggle with anxiety over it. Think of something like cancer, a diagnosis of cancer. Everybody struggles with anxiety about it, but a Christian who prays about it can have a peace that transcends all understanding. The world thinks we're daft, but you can actually be peaceful about the fact that you've got cancer by coming to God in prayer. Why aren't we anxious in such situations? Well, it's because God has set up a guard in our hearts, a peace around our minds and our hearts. That's what it says there in the text. It says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This Greek word for guarding here, it's used for soldiers. Soldiers guarding a prison or a city wall. And so what is being described here? Well, it's God giving a peace that blocks all attempts for our mind or our heart to run away with us. That's what happens when you're being anxious. Your heart and your mind are running away. But God puts a guard there to block the running away of your mind or your heart. 
No matter what the danger is, God's peace says, it's okay, be still. God will deal with the problem. And so you can have a peace. Even while the problem is still there, the danger is still there because the guard is there and you're behind the guard and so everything will be okay. Now, how is such peace possible? How is this possible? Well, who am I to explain a peace that defies all understanding? But I think we have some clues in the text as to how we can understand that this peace can guard our hearts and our minds. When we ask God for help, what else are we supposed to do according to the text? Look with me at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. When we come to God in prayer, with the concerns that we're facing, we're also meant to come with thanksgiving. We're meant to thank God. Now, what do we thank God for? Well, we thank God for what he has already done, the ways that he has acted already in our lives. Now, what actions are we most thankful for? and would bring peace to our hearts when we thank God for them. Christ's death and resurrection. Aren't they the things that we are most thankful for? Why do these actions of Christ, as an expression of God's love for us, bring peace to anxious minds and hearts? Well, what makes us anxious? What did I say at the beginning? The two things that make us anxious. It's physical problems. Physical problems make us anxious. When we're worried about what we'll eat, what we'll drink, where we will live, what we will wear, these things we're worried about. Now, how are they ultimately solved? By Christ's resurrection. Why? Because we know that any physical problem we face, if we are raised to life as Jesus was raised to life, that it's going to go away eventually. At the end of our life, Whatever we're facing about what we'll wear, what we'll eat, what we'll drink, where we'll live, it's all going to go away. As we're raised from the dead to live in heaven with God. And what was the other thing that causes us anxiety? Well, of course, it's our spiritual needs. Our sin and the punishment that we deserve for sin. Sin previously, sin presently, and sin in the future. Worries our hearts and our minds. But how are they ultimately solved? By Christ's death. By Christ's death. Why? Because all sins, past, present, future, they're paid for in Christ Jesus. They're washed away in his blood. And so if we come to God in prayer with thanksgiving for Christ, then the anxiety goes. Why? Because the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, is in Christ Jesus. That's what it says there in the text. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is referenced there in the text for how we get this peace, which transcends all understanding. When we ask God to act and wait in faith, we can have peace. But when we thank God that he has acted already for us in Christ Jesus by his death and resurrection, we can have peace as well. Jesus Christ himself is our peace, Ephesians 2.14 tells us. And so through prayer, we can experience a peace that the world marvels at, that transcends understanding. They don't get it. But we can have it through prayer. So do you struggle with anxiety? Do you struggle with anxiety? Do you struggle to sleep at night? Do you have a racing mind and heart? Why is that? 
Is it because you're not a Christian? You're not a Christian, so of course you're anxious. Why? Because you depend upon yourself to control all things. You're the God of your life, and you have to control everything that's going on in your life. If there's a problem, you've got to sort it out. Well, what's the problem? You don't have all power. You don't have all knowledge. You don't have all love and justice in your mind either. So, of course, you make mistakes and you can't fix them. You fail to maintain your physical and spiritual health and so, of course, you struggle with anxiety and you can't guard your heart and your mind. It runs away all the time because you don't have the power, you don't have the wisdom to be able to control the things in your life. If that is you, stop being so foolish. Pray to God and ask him to pay for your sin and give you eternal life, to sort out both of the physical physical and spiritual problems that you have. Both realms, all spiritual problems, all physical problems can be sorted out by God if you come to him and pray and ask for forgiveness of your sins. He will forgive your sins and he will give you the resurrection of the dead. He will give you eternal life. And so all physical and all spiritual problems will ultimately be resolved one day when you're either called home or the Lord Jesus returns. Now, if you call yourself a Christian but still struggle with anxiety, why is that? Is it because you show the same attitude of the world and think that prayer is a waste of time? You may not say it, but your actions show that you think that prayer is a waste of time. Don't you pray much privately? You don't have regular prayer times and you don't go immediately to prayer in the face of problems like Daniel did that we saw in that passage that was read earlier. Problem presented itself, what did he do? He went home and prayed. Do not do that. Don't you pray corporately with others? Are you never seen at a prayer meeting? Because it really does seem nuts to you to get up 15 minutes earlier on a Sunday morning and show up before the service and join the prayer meeting. And it seems really nuts to come back six hours later and do it all over again and and just have a, a meeting that is focused on prayer for an hour. Scares you to consider joining such a meeting. That is you get rid of your anxiety. Confess the words of Scriven's hymn, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Confess it. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And then come to God in prayer and feel peace like a river wash over you. And guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Be a prayerful person. Use that anxiety to push you to God in prayer and beg him for the peace that transcends all understanding. Yes, I know you're thinking it still seems nuts to me to spend time in prayer. It seems nuts to spend time in prayer on my own or to go with others. Yes, it does transcend all understanding. But come to God and accept his promise and know his peace that comes through prayer. Maybe you say, I do pray. But do you? Do you really pray about your anxieties? Do you come to God and clearly articulate the problems that you're facing and ask the Spirit to act? 
You say, yes, okay. But do you come with thanksgiving? Do you come with thanksgiving for all his acts, including Christ's death and resurrection? Do you put all your problems that you face, physical and spiritual, into the perspective of eternity and thank God for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life that is to come? You come to him in prayer, yes, but do you come to him with thanksgiving? You want him to act, yes, but do you thank him for the ways that he has already acted, which will take care of any problem that you face eventually. He may act in his grace and take away the problem now, but you can actually think about the fact that any problem you face will be taken away one day because he has acted in Christ Jesus. So all of us, let us really pray by the Spirit so that we know God's peace. Let's become addicted to both, to both the peace of God, and then, of course, prayer that comes through. Uh, the peace, be addicted to prayer, and then the peace of God that comes through prayer. It's interesting how the Apostle Paul encourages prayer. It's not with a stick, but with a carrot. I could stand here this morning and berate you for not praying, for your prayerlessness, for not praying privately or coming to prayer meetings, and try to guilt you, give you anxiety about your prayerlessness. Even as it says, do not be anxious. I could stand here and try to make you anxious about the fact that you don't pray. But that's not what the Apostle Paul does. That's not what I want to do. Instead, I want all of us to love the joyous peace that comes through prayer. We can have a guard of our minds and our hearts that stops them running away that tells them, get back, be still, it's okay. Enjoy the peace that I give you. Paul knew this peace, and I've known this peace in my quiet times with the Lord as well. They could be the most joyous times in my life. I come to them with heavy heart and a list of things that I am concerned about that are making me anxious. I come to the Lord I put my petitions at his feet. I thank him for what he has done for me. And I leave with peace. A peace which transcends understanding. I've done nothing, really. I've just been still and spoken to God. An outside observer, an unbeliever, would think you've done absolutely nothing there. What a waste of time. Yet I walk away with peace. It does happen. And it's the same with prayer meetings. With prayer meetings, we often come with an even bigger list of concerns. It's not just my concerns, it's the concerns of other people that are there as well. And it can be concerns about the world and what's going on around the world and the persecution of Christians and, and governments that are doing terrible things. We come with our big list of concerns and we give them to God and we walk out of the room with a peace in our hearts. Not because necessarily the government's going to be torn down the next day, but because we've left it in God's hands. And we know that one day all governments will be subdued under his feet because of what Christ did in his death and resurrection. So it's all going to be okay. I'm actually hard-pressed to know which I prefer at Dremoyne Baptist Church, which meeting I prefer, whether it be the morning worship with its strong focus 
on preaching and looking at the Word of God in great detail, or the evening service, where, of course, we still open God's Word. But the focus is on petitioning God and thanking God and praising God and confessing our sins to the Lord. I don't really want to change either service. Change the morning service to a prayer meeting or change the evening service to have a, a more of a preaching platform there. I enjoy both very much. And this is what I'm meant to be concentrating on as a minister. What did the apostles say in Acts chapter 6? They wanted to concentrate on prayer and the ministry of the word. That is my job here at Des Moines Baptist Church, is the ministry of the word and prayer. And we do them at both services. And they're a joy. It's a joy to sit and hear God's word, or I'm hearing it now, standing. And it's also a joy. There's a peace that comes at the prayer meetings that I enjoy. I heard a pastor say about someone that joined his church. And he said, I came in the mornings. I came to the church for the preaching. But I actually joined the church because of the prayer meeting in the evenings. I came to the church because of the preaching. But I joined the church because of the prayer meeting. Because this is a people who pray, who love the Lord and love to come to him. And he felt the peace which transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense. But I come to this prayer meeting and I walk out peaceful. I want to join this place, this people who petition God in this way. So let's all be addicted to the peace of God that transcends all understanding and guards our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. And so be addicted to prayer. We're addicted to prayer. Why? Because we love the peace of God. We love our God and the peace that he brings. The world may think we're daft here at Dremoyne Baptist Church. Why is that? Because they've never experienced this peace of God which transcends all understanding. They don't know what this peace is. Let us love to fly and hide our hearts and our minds from dangers that we face behind God's guardian, behind God's soldier who tells us, be still. It's okay. Wait upon the Lord and his timing. And let's then therefore feel strong and not weary. Why? Because we're not anxious. Remember what anxiety does? It makes you worn out. It tires you out physically. It tires you out spiritually. Let's be strong because we're not anxious. And why is that? Because we're waiting for God to act. We trust that he will act and we know that he has acted. He has paid for sin. He has granted eternal life. And so let us pray continuously and so be peaceful continuously. Let's come to God in prayer now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you as the God of all power, of all knowledge, of all love and justice. We confess that we are often anxious because we do not pray. Instead, we try to fix everything by our own actions. Oh, Lord, we ask that you would help us to act. Ask you to act. And thank you that you have acted in Christ Jesus. And so may your peace, which transcends all understanding, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Oh Lord, help us by the Holy Spirit's power to love to pray because we love your peace in Christ Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray even now. Amen.